Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Excellent adventure, I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Sunday, guess what? We tried to record it earlier in the week and failed. Well, we we tried to record last night and failed. We, well, you napped. So did you. Well, I fell asleep. You went into bed. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Okay. One is accidental. One is intentional. Mm Mm-hmm. The result was the same. Mm, Well, not really, because I had to wake you up when the food got here. Yep. So... The result was you slept way longer than me. Like five minutes? Uh, probably longer than that. I don't know. I'm not your keeper. I don't know when you sleep. Okay. I had a miserable night of sleep last night. So bad. It was so hot. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> ah. Wow. Yeah. I think this is 
going back to work anxiety uh yeah i'm sure if you like drew a chart you probably hear it start like four weeks ago five weeks ago mm-hmm. and just slowly creep up yep and then toss and turn all night last night i tossed and turned if anyone's wondering i get to go to work tomorrow i gotta get a covid test at 6 a.m uh work starts at 7 a.m i get the test at work so it'll be great you know it'll be that nice muggy sort of dark muggy weather you mm-hmm. know when it's still the sun hasn't come out yet mm-hmm. and uh it's hot uh when you gotta walk across a, a lot mm-hmm. um but you know that's what's happening and then i have to record tomorrow night mm-hmm. after that after work mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I think Thursday night too, maybe Tuesday and Thursday. I'm not entirely sure. It's tough to even put wrap my head around it. Yeah, I'm like physically unable to go to work. Is what I feel. I feel like I can't. I like woke up today at like seven, and I was just like, I'm dragging my ass, and I'm like, how will I'm not physically ready to be awake for that long. Yeah, <laughs> and for like, and to be like ready to you know do a 14 hour day it's gonna it's gonna suck it's gonna be bad and i'm like so i would describe myself as not even out of shape just i'm not even a shape (laughs) uh i don't know got on the scale today for the first time and I don't know, over a year maybe. Oh wow. Yep. Results were not good, everyone. But I was like, well, I can't, you know, just you know, first day of the rest of our lives, right? Can't can't get too down on yourself about yesterday. All you can do is handle today. Yep. So I'm gonna try to uh, slowly reacclimate to life and 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 uh if i'm tired for like a week i'm tired for a week i mean i do think like generally you tend to function better when you have structure uh so much better i don't even think that's a 10 to like a hundred percent strong i need structure i can't have a willy-nilly existence and as much as it's funny too, because they always say to you, "I don't want to plan anything. I just want to wing it." <laughs> I'm so bad at winging it. It's kind of like how you don't like to plan, but you like to be prepared. Well, it's different, you know. Like preparing myself for wait. Like I've been trying to get into bed before ten o'clock the last like four nights, right? Just to sort of try to re claim yeah any sort of semblance of a schedule but then i look at that sleep number bed and then i see that it's just like how did bo get out i let him out oh he came out with me well let him in um but i was saying with the sleep number bed it tracks your sleep and 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 your restlessness and like dory's like uh all green and then you look at my sleep and it's just a mess 
I mean, we've talked about this, and it's ironic that I'm the one with the sleep disorder, but I actually sleep much better than you do. Your sleep disorder is just cuckoo bananas. Mine is like, I'm incapable of restful sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough, man. I got out of the bed a couple of times and like tried to kneel on the ground and like put my head on the bed. Just try to sleep. That didn't work either. It was bad. It was a bad night. Bad night of sleep, everybody. It was also 100 degrees in the house because at some point the thermostat decided to go to 83. Yeah, and we didn't realize it. So I just was like, it's so hot. And I saw that Dory was not under the covers either. And I was like, oh, she's under the covers. It must really be warm. And I was like, oh, well. I thought about checking it too. I was like, <laughs> bad it's at 83 again. And I was like, no, it can't be. Yeah, I thought we had fixed it. Yeah. Well, we fixed it and then Henry touched it. Oh. So, you know, babies and thermostats, they don't go hand in hand. No, they don't. It'll be interesting to, like, tune in next week and see where I'm at then. That'll be wild. I can't even imagine next week. Do Do you get breakfast on set? Do I get it on set? Like, do they that serve? Depends. Do they serve breakfast yes. on set? They do. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering why. Because like you got there so I knew they served lunch obviously, but you got there so early. I just wasn't sure like what the yeah. I mean, there's always was. it's the, that's the thing of television. I know everybody probably has heard this. If you're not in the uh, industry or just like you just the, there's always food on a set. Yeah. Just constantly. Uh, which is, it can be a hindrance, but like also like I don't tend to. It's funny, I don't tend to eat much when I'm working because I'm actually busy most of the time and uh, I don't want to just be grazing constantly. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good food out, but also catering is going to be a little different this year. Cause, right. There's not going to be food out, really. Right. I don't even know how it's going to work. Like, tune in next week when I know how life is going to work. I have no <laughs> idea right now. <laughs> I'll be getting tested three times a week. I know that. Yeah. Um, I'll be working, you know, we're already hearing we're at least 12 hour days. We're going to shoot eight pages tomorrow. For those who are not familiar, that's a lot of pages to shoot in one day. It is a lot of pages to shoot in one day. It's not like, it's not, it's not abnormal for us, for our show, but like, None of us have ever shot like this. Like we've not, there, there was no rehearsal day or anything like that. So we're gonna go into work tomorrow, and I'll I'll just I'll figure out what it is tomorrow. <sighs> well, good luck. Thanks, honey. <laughs> what? I don't know. I hope you sleep better tonight. I mean, I do too. I tried my sleep meditation, my foolproof twice, guys. I listened to it. Well, I listened to it two and a half times. What is your foolproof sleep meditation? It's just the one that uh, on Simple Habit, it's the worry-free sleep. Mm -hmm. When I just was like, I couldn't do it. I could not sleep. Mm -hmm. You ever feel so fat that you can't sleep? That's how I felt last night. Anyway. (laughs) We'll see. It's all... I don't know. Hopefully downhill from here. Is that a thing? Does anyone say that? 
I could never figure out if that meant it's like it's bad from here or it's oh downhill is like a let's coast baby yeah I don't know um yeah what's what's it gonna be like for you here at the house when I'm gone I'll just be gone all day yeah it'll be weird you're probably gonna be like it's gonna be fine we never saw each other anyway um I didn't say that I know but your your eyes said it to me no your eyes said it I don't think they did oh. I said it's going to be weird. Yep. I think Henry's going to notice your absence. You think so? Yeah. I think if I just close the curtain, we'll just pretend I've been working all day. But he'll want to come in. Right, but he can't come in when the curtain's closed. Does he know that? Yes. Okay. I guess he wouldn't know that because you're never out here when he's out here and I'm working. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I look, I don't know. I've been a little weary of going back to work and looks like I'm going back to work. Hmm. All right. Well. I had to, I had to get my car ready because I haven't driven it in so long. It had like legitimate spider webs in it. <laughs> like it was, I had, you know, cause I had had it, I had it sitting and I had the windows down for some reason on it. You I love leaving the windows down. I do, because I'm like, eh, I like a breeze going through there if I need to get back in the car. But I didn't get back in the car <laughs> for like two months. So it just sort of was open to this the hot sun and the, and the elements. And like I had had the bumper off because I repainted the front of the bumper because I was like, that was like one of the things I wanted to do uh, while on break. And, and the break was ending. So I decided to do that. And then... I had to go in for a test, excuse me, and Dory uh, had to go to the doctor for a doctor's appointment, and I, I just assumed I could use her car, but we had to both be leaving at the same time anyway, so late at night I was like, oh god, I better put my bumper on, so I went out there with a wrench and <laughs> reattached the 16 8 millimeter screws and the, I think it's 4T24s and no, it's four T26s and two T30s. And put the weather stripping back on and then closed up the car. And then I was like, okay, but now you're full of fi- spider webs <laughs> and horribly dirty because you've been outside. So, and then at like 11.45 at night, I took it to the car wash. And then I didn't have my chamois. Oh. So I couldn't dry it there, so I decided I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dry it on the open road. So I went on the one oh one, drove up to the valley and came back down Ventura Boulevard. Like a midnight drive. And uh look, there was like one or two there's actually there was one place on, on Ventura Boulevard that like looked like the, there was no pandemic. So many people outside drinking. Wow. It was insane. Uh, and then I continued, drove home, and then I went to work the next day to get a test. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be, I don't know. It's, I'm very confused as to what this will look like. It's like, I'm almost like jealous of people who can like skip this episode and go to the next one. Because I'd like to know what it's like too. Mm. So, you tell me. <laughs> How'd it go, everybody? Have you talked to... Is, do you know anyone who's been back on a set? Who has been officially back on a set? No. Do you? 
Um, not like personally, but there's some people in like I'm, I'm yeah, in a, but like a Facebook group of that doesn't count. LA moms, as far as I'm concerned, some of whom have gone back into production. Um, most of them have not. Correct. I don't know of any. What is shooting right now? What's already shooting? Besides one woman was like on a Quibi show. Okay. <laughs> All right. So there's a Quibi show shooting. I, mean, I think we're the first show to go back. On the on the on the Sony side, at least. Oh no, for all mankind is already shooting. Oh really? Yeah, that's an Apple show. Anyway, yeah, hmm. pretty wild stuff, guys. Yep. I pretty hope you all are excited about it, and, and I hope you're all tuning in whenever it is that we air. I think in <laughs> October. Make sure it was all worth it. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with you? How was your doctor's appointment? Um. It was fine. I I, just, I had a lot of follicles, she said. We love your follicles. I had ovulated on my own. My follicles had like lined up. She was like, you're, you're doing great. I was like, okay. And then she asked if you were taking your tests. I said, no. Wait, what do you mean am I taking my tests? Remember you were supposed to take your semen analysis tomorrow and you were like, that's my first day of work. I can't do that. Oh, yeah. Well... And so I was like, it's hello his, everyone. I was like, it's his first day of work. Like he can't do it. And she's like, okay, well you have like, you have two options. You can either just, well, you, you basically have three options. One is you just decide to go for the cycle without seeing if his sperm is improved. Uh-huh. The other is he takes a semen analysis test when he's able to, and then we can either proceed or not proceed. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't think she's like, I don't think a month is going to affect anything. This is not a fluke. Like you have a lot of follicles and you're ovulating, like you're fine. Um, or, you know, you don't do anything. She's like, it's totally up to you. Um, yeah. So that was what she said. Interesting. So like I could just randomly decide to do it on a hiatus week. Yeah. Gotcha. But like preferably, this coming hiatus week like the, the next hiatus week not like one in j- january or something but like no what i'm saying like well the next hiatus week is in two weeks right that's what i mean why wouldn't you wait for the one that's five weeks out because the two week one i would be able to kind of do the next cycle if we wait for five weeks then we're we're kind of like three cycles yeah out. but like you're you're humming yeah you know what i mean I know, but you're like, functioning. I am, but I, I'm not. But I am also right. So, like, why wouldn't we give my stuff more time to improve? Okay, uh, that's I'm just asking. I mean, we could, but you've also like stopped taking your supplements, and you're I've, not. I've just forgotten to take. You're not like actively trying to improve. Some sort of like two weeks, five weeks. Like, what's the difference? Well, I mean, it's like it's a big difference. It's a difference between wasting the money and 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 accidentally wasting the money. Um, okay. Are you going to try to take your supplements? I'm going to try so many things, guys. No, you're not. I, look, <laughs> I'm not great at this whole dad thing. It's very tiring. I mean, that's part of also why I'm like so out of sorts. <sighs> but I just don't know. I just don't know. I mean, I'm just like the idea of like having a second one currently is crazy to me. 
crazy in the sense of like I don't know what how we would do that. I mean, I think I know that that other thing, the other baby, the newer baby would be sleeping more. Well, and also hopefully presumably we wouldn't be in a pandemic. So like we you're, you're presuming a lot. That's that's let's say this works and like when do you want to do the transfer? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like I would guess for we I'm going to guess I'll just say it right now I think covid's a thing for a couple more years. That's just because you heard that person on the radio. That guy said three. I think two. I think two. I don't think three. Okay, but I also think, like, life is going to adapt more. What does that mean? I think, like, for little kids, for example. Like, it's not... For the little Petri dishes that carry it very, very well. They don't carry it very, very well. Yes, they do. Not not to each other. They don't spread it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, who's worried about them? I'm not. I'm worried about me. Okay. What I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm overweight, childhood asthma. I'm just like, if I get it, it's a ventilator dead. It's essentially a death sentence. Is is how I look at it. Okay, we're gonna. That's all. We've I'm been saying. trying to not have you get it, and you have not gotten. Right, it. but now I'm going back to work. Like yes. so, my panic level is like. I know. It's a thousand. I get. It. I haven't even. I haven't, like gone to it you know what i mean like i haven't done things i love doing i know because i'm worried i know and now I, i'm gonna go back to work i know where there's like you know 200 people so i'm like it's very stressful yes so also like think about that i know the kids don't get it to give it to each i don't know what you're saying they don't get sick as sick as adults but like that's not what i'm worried about i'm like worried about like one of these petri dish children coming back to the house and it. giving I, it to this Matt. Is, but this is all hypothetical this is all hypothetical like i know he's not he's not in a petri dish right now i know but he will be i'm just saying in normal times this like this is not normal times I know, welcome to 2020 but i'm saying in normal times like we wouldn't be home with him like all the time i know he would have other things going on i know I know, but it's not normal times. I know. Which makes it like extra what? I know. I get it. And look, I mean, I'm willing to just walk away. From Henry? From. That seems unreasonable. From having a second kid. Henry's a, Henry's, Henry would notice. If I'm not going to walk away from Henry. Thank you. I'm not either until I shuffle off the mortal coil because uh, some grip decided that they... Uh, really needed to get out there and party or some young tween actor decided that they were going to have a great weekend and then I go back to work and get coughed on or something. God forbid. <laughs> get it in my eyes. Ah. Maybe you should wear goggles. Um, I should, I, I think, I think if we're, if, if we're, any of us are within like six feet of the actors who will not be having masks on, while they're shooting, we we're gonna do face shields, mm. but you know, I don't know. Is that any safer? Um, a face shield alone is not safe. Face shield plus mask is safe. I mean, the face shield protects your eyes, but that's what I'm worried about. My beautiful eyes. You do have beautiful eyes. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Oh, do you want to do the business and then be right back, or? Sure. Hey, everyone. Um, okay. Here's the business. <laughs> uh, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Excellent Adventure. 
And please do email us at DorianMatt at gmail.com or mattanddory at gmail.com. And our phone number is 413-461-BABY. All right. Now, we'll be right back. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Back. Okay, everyone, we're back here on the show, the program of adventuring through excellence. Um, oh, one quick update that I forgot to get to before the break is that we did lower the crib to the lowest level, which I think we mentioned last week, but um, he has not escaped again. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the raptor paddock seems to be functioning. So. 
again, I still don't understand how he got out the first time. I don't either. I wish I had seen it. Me too. She did uh, come running this morning because she thought that he had gotten out again, but I was changing him. I was in the bathroom and I had the monitor with me and I look on the monitor and the crib was empty and I was like, no, he got out again. And I like jump up and then I saw Matt wasn't in bed and I was like, oh, (laughs) he didn't escape because I couldn't see Matt on the monitor. Anyway, I was hiding. He was hiding. All right. Shall we get to some emails? Let's do it. What's new, everybody? Okay. Well, we're still hearing from people about being an older mom. This is a hot topic. This is officially going in the hot topics category. All right, everybody. Get your Fallout Boy uh, t-shirts <laughs> and your and your, your emo spiky bracelets. dog chain yep. thingamajiggies. All right. This is from Anonymous. I'm a long-time listener, first-time emailer, though I've thought about emailing so many times. I'm a single mom by choice to my 15-month-old girl who was born just a few days after Henry, and I've been just a few steps behind you at literally every of the many, many steps along the way. I discovered the pod when I heard Dory interviewed on Peter Kafka's podcast when Startup a Novel came out. That is an interesting uh, trajectory, people to find the show. Well, why? I don't know. I just like it's not one that comes up very often. Wandered down the pod path to it and haven't looked back since. You two have been with me through the cooking of probably at least a hundred Blue Apron meals. Not an excellent sponsor, but they were at one point. No, they weren't. They were never a sponsor. Oh, what am I thinking of? What show am I thinking of? I don't know, but not. I do a lot of shows, guys. (laughs) All right. Anyway, I'm writing in response. To the emailer who was concerned about being an older mom. I had my daughter when I was 46, happy to answer any egg donor signals should anyone ever want to talk about that. And single mother by choice signals too, for that matter. Where I live in Brooklyn, the local parents network automatically puts you into a new mom's group based on when your babies were born. And only at that point did I really realize just how old I was. Most of the other moms were in their late 20s or 30s. But I've found that being an older mom has many upsides. I feel young because of my proximity to all of them. And our age doesn't really matter because, as your other caller said, what you have in common, navigating the early minutia of breastfeeding and pumping and formula ounces and wake windows in a way your other friends just do not care as much about, even if they have kids themselves. Another plus, my friends who are my age all have older kids of varying ages, and so they miss the baby phase. And they so miss the baby phase that they give my daughter tons of extra attention. Because their kids are older, they also had time to throw me the most beautiful shower. And because I waited so long, and probably because I did it alone, everyone around me is that much happier that I have done this and become a mom. Lastly, I'm more settled in my career so I can afford the childcare I need as a working single mom. I never would have been able to do this in my early 30s. So I wanted to let the original caller slash writer know that she's not alone. There are so many of us older moms in Brooklyn and in NYC and wanted to offer that perspective. Thanks so much. Wishing you all the best and love to Henry and Bo. Anonymous living in a thousand square foot, two bedroom apartment in Brooklyn with my 15 month old daughter and two cat brothers adopted in 2017 from the great Beth Stern. <laughs> wow. Does she have a cat rescue? Oh yeah. She does. A lot, a lot of those cats living up in the, where does he live? I think it's the upper West side. Mm. Cool. Um, thank you for that perspective, Anonymous. Oh, also, she says, P.S. Cannot believe that Henry climbed out of his crib. I'm with you, emailer. 
Wait, you don't think I'm telling the truth? No, I think you're telling the facts as you saw them. I just don't understand it. I don't know. Maybe Bo helped them out. I don't understand. <laughs> no, he wasn't in the room. Mm. All right. We received a voicemail on the same topic. Robin, I live down in the Florida Keys. just wanted okay. to comment about the age. You want to fire that one back up? I'll oh, give yeah. you a little more volume. Okay. There you go. Hey, Matt and Dory. Uh, my name's Robin. I live down in the Florida Keys. I just wanted to comment about the age discussion you've been having and having an old mom. I think it's so subjective as to the community you're in and where you live, like geographically. We live in Florida. Um, a lot of the people that my husband and I went to school with, so we've got, you know, like postgraduate degrees, master's degrees. We all started having kids at in our 30s, like late 20s, early 30s. We had our two kids, boy-girl twins, at um, IBS Science Babies. I had them at 31. Um, he's five years older than me, so he was 36. That's when we all had them. Well, the husband also had um, it works in the military. He, we met when he was in the Navy. Now he works for the Department of Defense. And all the military families, like everyone his age now in their 40s, are like either grandparents or have teenagers. And we're just like, holy crap. Like the idea of having like that old of kid now at our current age is insane. But that's just that community, right? And then you all obviously live in a community where like people wait a little longer. Um, depends on your family. Depends on where you live. We just wanted established careers, which I do have. I'm a museum consultant. I work for museums doing uh, artifact management. But I wanted that before I had kids. I wanted to have a career. It was important to me. So anyway, I think it's just so subjective. And, I mean, most of the parents I know, I'm either a little older, which is crazy. I'm 41 and I have 10-year-olds. But, you know, it's just the community you live in. So anyway, Robin, uh, Boy Girl Science, kids, 10 and a half. Uh, live in the Florida Keys in like 2,900 square feet where it's hot as hell, but it's where we live. Uh, anyway, have a great day. Bye. Thank you. I do think as a, as a general stereotypical rule, military families tend to marry very young and have kids very young. So I could imagine if you were in a military environment as an older parent, that might be a little weird. Oh, for sure. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. I mean, my sister was 13 when I was born. So. I mean, they started in 70, what? 70, 71? 70, 12. Maybe she was 12. 70 or 71? Yeah. It's so crazy. That's so long ago. Yeah. To like a hundred years ago. Yeah, it's basically a hundred years ago. Oh Can you imagine God. being born in the seventies? Ew. Whoa. It'd be gross. so gross to be born in the seventies. Yeah. You're so old. Oh, Surprised wow. your like bones don't crack every time you try to take a step. Surprised I'm alive. Yeah, I'm surprised you are still able to like um dress yourself and, and prepare your own food. I should probably get a chamber pot. I think you 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 I mean, you don't do a lot of nighttime bathrooming. No, I don't. So I think you're okay for now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I did when I was pregnant. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That was like every hour. Yep. That was brutal. I was sleeping through that. I don't know what was 
fucking I wish I could sleep through things now. You slept through I would I would be up for like two hours at like three or four AM and you were sound asleep. Yep. <sighs> Those are the good old days. <laughs> All right. Um, we got an email last week from a woman who was concerned that she might have a thyroid issue, but the test she took at her doctor's uh, was normal. So she was wondering what she should do. Do you remember this? Yeah, we were talking about it, and I thought, I also thought it sounded like a thyroid, but then when she brought it up. Right. And I said, maybe you should go to an endocrinologist. Okay. This is from Kansas. Kansas. Candace. <laughs> Hi, guys. I stopped the pod because I wanted to respond to Jana and her concern about her thyroid. At about nine months postpartum, I finally had a blood draw because I was having so many symptoms, the top being irregular cycles, loss of hair at an alarming rate, stomach issues, and the inability to regulate my body temperature. As a first-time mom, I just chalked it up to nursing and being postpartum. The blood work did show that my numbers were out of whack, but my family doctor only tested my TSH. I was sent to an endocrinologist who confirmed I have hyperthyroidism. Because he tested the TSH, T3, T3RU, and T4, all thyroid tests. Moral of the story is the one number of the TSH is not enough information to determine if you are having thyroid issues. I had to go on and do further nuclear testing to prove I had Graves' disease. I went back and looked at records for my first IVF clinic, and they never tested my thyroid. I was blown away. At my second clinic, they only did one TSH draw. I know that trauma to the body, such as childbirth, and I imagine years of fertility treatment can lead to this, but I can't help but wonder if they would have tested more thoroughly to begin with what I've needed to do so many rounds of IUI and IVF. Your thyroid is directly related to your ability to have children or lack thereof. I don't know. Also on the road to discovery, I reached out to my OB and they did a hormone panel showing my progesterone was low, which would also cause some of the same symptoms. Just another thought when looking for answers. So here I am about nine months later. I still have yet to get my hormones regulated. Good luck. Keep searching for answers. And she is in 2,400 square feet or something like that. Husband, 15-year-old stepdaughter, 15-month-old science baby, overly protective multi-poo pup. But I stand firm on what I said before. The more square footage you have, the more shit you have. P.S. I lost it when you read that someone recommended a water bottle in the bottom of the sleep sack. Well, that's what we've been doing. That's why he hasn't <laughs> escaped yet. Yep. We, put a, we actually put a gallon of water There's down there. a nice big old gallon in there. Mm-hmm sloshing around he really you know he likes to go out of his room now when we're doing bedtime in his sleep sack so he just shuffles <laughs> everywhere like he's made up excuses for himself to get off of dory's lap and off the day bed and onto the floor so he has to wet his toothbrush <laughs> so he gets these shimmies down walks to the like shimmies over to the door <laughs> and looks at both of us and just does his huh? <laughs> it's more like uh, uh, uh. that's his diaper oh yeah that's true <laughs> the uh, uh, that is open the door yeah uh so then like we have to wet his toothbrush so like when i take him in there i he gets to i turn the light i pick him up I turn on the faucet, he runs the toothbrush under the faucet, and then turns the faucet off, and then turns the light off, and then I put him back. But this is not before, once he finishes his milk, pre-toothbrush, he shimmies himself down and rushes to the door to go Bed- out the to the kitchen yeah. to put his, wa- his bottle, his 
his sippy his, his straw sippy cup. his sippy milk his straw cup <laughs> into the pink bowl that we have that is for Henry's dirty uh, dishes. So once he does that, then he turns and shuffles <laughs> past his bedroom door towards the exit of the house. <laughs> Where he now can pull the handle down and try to make a break for it. But then when I tell him, all right, come back, so come back to mama so we can read you stories. Like I would say like four out of six times, he will happily come back. But there's those two times where he's like, I don't care. I want to go. I want to leave. And he tries to leave and then I have to bring him back. Anyway. He likes to. He he likes excuses, to shuffle around. But we try to limit it. And like, I think if we put a, I honestly think if we put a water bottle in there, it wouldn't stop him. <laughs> um, all right, this is from Megan. I'm writing in response to Jana. My suggestion is someone who gained belly weight and had abnormal hair growth on my face. Is to I'm, not, I'm listening. That's <laughs> all sounds like me right now. Is to not only talk to an endocrinologist, great suggestion, Dory, but also a rheumatologist, a doc who specializes in autoimmune illnesses. I have two autoimmune illnesses and was diagnosed with a thyroid-related one last year. My endocrinologist ultimately treats it, but if Jenna's TSH levels are fine, maybe a rheumatologist can help. Sometimes it takes time for autoimmune illnesses to develop. My first took five years to diagnose. Thanks for the pod. It's gotten me through some really dark times. Megan in a 1500 square foot townhouse with two dogs and one partner. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Uh, all right. This is from Katie from Atlanta. First of the emailer dealing with potential thyroid issues, ask if you can have a floating T3 or total T3. I think that's what it's called done. My thyroid always looked normal, but after a floating T3, I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. Second, for the emailer who had the miscarriage, it's ridiculous how little doctors tell you about what to expect from a miscarriage. I lost a pregnancy at eight weeks, but my body never miscarried, so I had to take meds to make it happen. Got very little direction from my RE at the time. Take the pills. Should start pretty soon. I asked for pain pills, and they were like, over-the-counter meds should suffice. The first day I took the pills, it took about eight hours for my body to begin miscarrying. I bled for a few days, similar to a period, and thought it was done. Then one day while, while at work, I got hit with what I now know to be full-on contractions. I rushed home from work, calling my mom to talk me through. Otherwise, I couldn't focus on driving. I then proceeded to sit on the toilet for hours with contractions every five or so minutes, passing a lot of tissue and blood. I essentially was giving birth to a lost fetus. Luckily, my mom came over with some Xanax, and I was able to relax the rest of the day. But even three years later, the experience is still raw. There needs to be more normalization around miscarriages, so not only women are prepared but also so that partners or family members can adequately support them because it's a very difficult time. I hope that by sharing some of these stories, we can start to have an open conversation about miscarriage and potentially drive some awareness for those who might unfortunately have to live through one. Miss Katie in Atlanta in 1700 square feet with a husband, toddler and cat. Thank you, Katie. That sounds Harrowing. Pretty harrowing, yeah, and traumatizing. I'm glad you had your mom um, to help you out. That sounds really rough. All right, we're going to hear another voicemail on this topic. Hi there. Um, I'm calling to just offer some support 
and a couple words of advice to Dee in New England and anyone else, I guess, really, who's recently or even not so recently gone through a miscarriage. I had a miscarriage in November um, at eight weeks um, and so had a little bit of an easier experience physically. Um, sounds like Ben D did um, because even though it was very painful and very traumatic um, to have a complete miscarriage naturally, um, it did happen quickly um, and I didn't need any further medical intervention. That being said, um, no one tells you how much it fucking hurts. I remember waking up in the middle of the night as it was happening to me and thinking, great, I'm going through this awful loss of this baby. No doctor can really tell me for sure what's going on. And I am in so, so much pain. And I don't know about others, but at that point, because they couldn't tell me for sure that I was miscarrying, um, I didn't want to take any drugs at all because I was worried about what it would do to the baby. And I had a really long, hard time and took a long time for me to feel like I could even say that it was a baby that I lost because it was so early and it was really hard for me to come to terms with that. Anyway, it's an awful club to be in, but there are a lot of us here. Um, one thing I would offer to Dee is that I found a Facebook community called Pink Elephants online. They have a number of Facebook groups. It's run by an Australian nonprofit, so the moderators are actually good. Um, people in deep grief sometimes post wacky shit, and they kind of keep that under control uh, in all of the groups. And I found it to be really helpful to know that I wasn't the only one who was in deep emotional pain after a miscarriage. Um, and luckily, you know, there there's usually always, or at least for me, I have now that it's been a number of months, I have been able to see some of the bright sides for my situation. Like for me, I found out I had a thyroid condition for my first pregnancy that has allowed me to now be 25 weeks with my second. I'm really wishing you all the best, Dee, and anyone else out there. It's one of the hardest and most isolating experiences to go through. Um, for the woman and for the man and um, I, uh, I'm sending you all my love because boy it fucking sucks and boy it fucking hurts it hurts your body and it hurts a lot of other stuff so that, yeah, that, is, that is the end of that message because of the three minute timer but I think she was sounded like she was nothing but supportive and continuing to support right at the very end of that message. I yeah, think she, she was. I think she was she, just there. She did call back. Oh, good. Hi, um, I was the one who just called to offer some support to the listener who'd recently been through a awful experience with a miscarriage. I guess when you're talking about deeply traumatic things, it can be easy to go over time. <laughs> anyway, um, I just wanted to say. Um, uh, sending yeah, sending love to all those out there who've been through miscarriage, and um, thanks Matt and Dory for the pod. I had to take a break from listening for a number of months, but I'm back now and I really enjoy it. Um, anyway, I guess uh, this is Meg from Ottawa, Ontario, in about 850 square feet with um, husband 
great big Bernese Mountain Dog myself and a baby boy on the way in December. So uh, take care, stay safe out there, everybody. Bye. Congratulations on the impending baby boy. Yeah. Uh, best of luck. And also, uh, you know, it is funny. There is not. There, they do. We. There's. I think there's like some superstition going on between doctors when just like not discussing like because I'm trying to think of like how often I would even we would even that would even come up in do- early doctor's appointments and it just like they try not to mention it. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm also thinking about the other side of it, too, is, like, if they did mention it, imagining emails we would get from people who would be like, can you fucking believe that they would do this and mention this? Right, right, right. And we'd be like, oh, it's crazy. And then, like, the other side of it is like, well, I mean, in getting the whole picture of the due diligence of being a doctor, they should probably mention it more than they do. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Or at least when you're having one, they should be more like forthcoming oh yeah it should be like hold my calls i'm gonna deal with this yeah a bit right uh okay should we take another break yeah let's take hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style Gonna break. We'll be okay. right back. Okay, everyone, we're back. And uh, Dory, who's who's next here on the excellent adventure? Uh, we're gonna hear from Natalie, who was responding to a listener last week who um, was wondering about shipping her embryos from Canada to yes. the U.S. So Natalie says, "I just had to write in to let Christina know about my experience shipping embryos internationally." While I've not done it during the pandemic, nor from Canada to the U.S., I have done it internationally. I live in Singapore and, very long story short, decided to move our embryos to Malaysia, where we could get them genetically tested as it is not allowed in Singapore. The process was actually really simple. Everything was arranged via my clinic and the clinic they were being shipped to. I just had to sign some paperwork, giving them permission, but they handled all of the paperwork and customs documentation required. The courier updated me along the way, and I was notified by the receiving clinic when they arrived about eight hours later. There were no issues with them being shipped, and besides spending a day being stressed out worrying about them, the whole thing was very straightforward. All the best to Christina with whatever she chooses, and all the best to you with all your next steps and the IV- with the IVF process. Natalie, in 1,300 square feet in Singapore, with myself, my husband, our two science babies, and an evil cat. Hmm. I mean, if you know the cat's evil, can't you thwart it? <laughs> Maybe. Um, thank you for weighing in on that, and hopefully our listener will be able to figure this out. Um, all right. This next email is from Melanie. I wanted to respond to you and the person who wrote in a few weeks ago, wondering if she should try naturally for a third child, risking that she may have a child with cystic fibrosis instead of doing IVF with genetic testing to avoid having a child with CF. I remember hearing you guys very casually encouraging her to try naturally despite the odds. This hit me in a sensitive spot because for the last two and a half months, 
My husband and I have been navigating a mysterious lung disease diagnosis for our newborn baby. She was born breathing fast, spent three days in the NICU, and was discharged with the thought that she would naturally slow her breathing down after her body adjusted to life outside the womb. After a few weeks, when it became clear that she was still breathing fast, we took her in for another look. She was admitted to the hospital, underwent various tests such as x-rays, CT scans, genetic screening, immunology testing, bronchoscopy, and eventually a lung biopsy to try and figure out what was causing shadows on images of her lungs and her fast breathing. Throughout all of this, I was completely terrified and had no idea what was happening. I feared the worst. Would she need a lung transplant? Would she have a debilitating disease that would shorten her life? On top of that, I hated that my tiny baby needed to have anesthesia for the bronchoscopy and biopsy. So young and vulnerable. The medical team would not provide comforting words or hopeful predictions because they did not know the answers, which allowed me to only fear the worst. The amount of sheer panic, crippling anxiety, and deep depression I experienced, plus I was postpartum, was unlike anything I could have ever imagined, all because I desperately loved my child and was struggling to cope with the possibilities of her being chronically sick or her life in danger. I'm also traumatized from seeing my baby go through multiple hospitalizations, needle pokes, anesthesia, etc. I would never wish this pain on anyone, and now I really understand why people say as long as they're healthy when pregnant. In terms of throwing the dice with the possibility of CF, I would never risk my child's health knowing that there was a possibility of them having a lifelong chronic illness. It is amazing that the listeners, other two children were born healthy. I would not risk it a third time. IVF could be a good option. There's nothing worse than seeing your child go through pain and illness. Very gratefully, we learned last week from the lung biopsy that my daughter's lung condition has a very good prognosis. She was born in a lot of meconium and probably aspirated some of it. This caused pockets of inflammation and mild lung disease in her lungs but the doctors believe that a course or two of steroid treatments will resolve the issue and she will have a normal life. I thought going through infertility and IVF would be the hardest thing I've had to face. Not so. Are there other eggheads out there who had a baby through IVF with health issues? I naively thought transferring a genetically normal embryo would mean I wouldn't have to worry about my baby's health. I've learned so much through this experience. Thank you for all you do and for providing this forum for us eggheads to connect with each other. It's such a wild world. Love to Bo and Henry from Melanie in a 2,328 square foot home in the Philly suburbs with a husband and a two month old science baby girl. Um, so she's, she's saying don't have a, just don't have another child. No, she's not saying that. She's saying don't try naturally do IVF so you can make sure you don't have a child who has cystic fibrosis because having the wait but wasn't there a reason they couldn't do ivf wait no i i because wait what did they, they try it and then their embryo had it no, i mean I i'm gonna go back in and figure that out that's what happened because i'm just confused as to why we would just say try normal just try for for normal for funsies like what are we saying why did we say that how are you gonna find this email uh by just going into your podcast show notes uh and looking for CF. I don't think you're going to find it. Okay. Um, oh, but I think I might know how to find it. I got it. Don't worry about it. I can find things in my email. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the the non the the not not good at finding things. I can find things. I'm finding things. Look at me go. Okay. Look at you go. I found it. I found it too. <laughs> I found it before you. Uh, Long time listener, 31. Hang on. <clears throat> okay, this is what happened. She needed a ton of embryos to PGD test, mm-hmm. but she can't get embryos when she does. She did two rounds of IVF and she couldn't get enough embryos to do the PGD test. Yes. 
but they they had two boys who were conceived naturally and quickly, despite her low AMH. So that was the that was their situation. I mean, even just re re examining the situation. Uh huh. My question is why 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 try for the third one? I mean, yeah. Like too. honestly, like I mean, I'm not followed. Look, you want a third one? That's absolutely fine. But you, at no point in the email do you say that you or do you present why rather? No, she does. Why she wants a third? She talks about it. She, she wants a third baby. That's it. That's what she says. That's all she She says, I want a third baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think, I don't think we, she needs to justify No, I'm not, that. I'm just like trying to just unpack everything here. Okay. Because like, I'm now in the school of thought of like, if we get called out on an email, I'm going to go back to the old email mm-hmm. to find out what the hell we were thinking. Mm. Because that doesn't sound like us. Mm. But then reading this, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I accomplished nothing. Yeah. All right. Well. Look, I think you should have as many babies as you'd like. Um, it's important to have a bigger family. Okay, sure. Yeah, all right, I'm on board. Um, all right, so it's she wants a bigger family. Yep. Okay. All right, let's move on. It sounds, it sounds, I wonder if she's orthodox. No, I don't think she is. Okay, I'm just asking, because like, you know, I, I get, get the pressure to have a big family right. when you're surrounded sure. by big families. Um, Melanie, I'm glad that they figured out what was wrong with your daughter and that the prognosis seems good. Um, okay, this next email is from Irina. Dear Matt and Dory, first you answered my question on the podcast about doing a sex reveal at your baby shower in January, and I wanted to thank you. It went well. I've been really interested in your, quote, season three conversation about having a second child, and I have a question. (laughs) When my husband and I met, we talked about kids, and now I have always wanted two, and he has always wanted one. Mm -hmm. We talked it through, and eventually he came around to my point of view, and I came around to his. In fact, I would say that I started to heavily lean on having just one child after I read about all of the benefits, like more financial stability, happier marriages, more resources for the child. Wild. It's better for the planet, less uh-huh, stress uh-huh, on both uh-huh, of us, uh-huh, and especially uh-huh. me as a working mom, etc. However, since having our baby at the end of March, I can't get the idea of maybe having a second someday <laughs> out of my head. Slow your roll. What really changed my mind enough to at least be open to the idea is what Dory said about having always imagined a family of four in her future and what another podcaster said about how two kids is really difficult when did just you say for a that? few years. I have said that several times. You just have I've not listened. I've always imagined a family of four in yes. my future. Yes. When, when I say how I imagine us like 20, 30 years from now, like sitting around a Thanksgiving table, it's, I imagine us as a family of four. Like I imagine me with two so kids. So they, they haven't paired up? They haven't gotten married or anything like that? Maybe it's just they a have. depressed party of four <laughs> you know what? where I'm just like, guys. Fuck you. Guys, we got to talk about this. I can't keep having you here for Thanksgiving. Find somebody else. Wow. Let's just go to Vegas. Okay. 
Um, just before our baby came, my husband even expressed the same sentiment. But now he's saying there is no way he could handle a second kid. Meanwhile, I'm more and more into the idea of at least being open to it to the point that we're currently talking about whether or not we should get rid of some of our baby stuff. For instance, we have a really nice bassinet that was a gift from my brother. It's over $200, and I would hate to get rid of it, only to end up needing to buy the same thing in a few years. But my husband really doesn't see the point in keeping it because he thinks he is very sure about not being able to handle a second baby, and realistically, we could resell it or even give it to a friend who's expecting. The same goes for lots of our baby clothes. Do we keep them even though we don't actually have any storage in our house, or do we resell these items assuming that we'll replace them if we do change our minds. But the biggest question for me right now is how do I deal with this? We're not actually anywhere near the point of having a serious conversation about this since our baby's not even six months old yet. But it's really bothering me that he's now a solid no. To be honest, I agree with him that he is unlikely able to handle a second baby. <laughs> the sleepless early nights were terrible, and he also has social anxiety and anxiety in general, as do I. I think the fourth trimester was really tough for him, and now he's also worried about Wait, the toddler what? years. The fourth trimester. Not a thing. It is a thing. Not a thing. Okay. A trimester. It just it's there. Honey. If you call it the fourth quadmester, then I'm on board. Just go with it. The fourth of the mesters. Let's call it that. Because if you have a trimester, it's three. I'm just saying. (laughs) So annoying. Now he's also worried about the toddler years because he doesn't think he will handle it well when our child is, you know, throwing tantrums in public and whatnot. That's those social anxiety issues well, for you. Well, that's assuming you get to go out in public I was again. Just thinking that. Plus, we did both talk about how difficult some things were and how we couldn't even imagine having to do those things while also having a toddler to take care of. So, on the one hand, I agree with him. On the other hand, though, what if I really, really end up wanting another baby? I'm honestly not sure if my marriage would survive a second child because I can see things going south if I pressure my husband into having another child and he's completely overwhelmed as he believes he would be. But I'm also just struggling, I guess, with that idea. I had completely given up the thought of having a second child before, but now I can't. I'm not sure I want one, but I want to remain open to it. It's probably not helping that grandparents from both sides, especially my mom, who comes over for childcare a couple days a week so I can work, is constantly talking about how we should have a baby soon because I am getting older. I'm 34. Anyway, just wanted some of your insight on this. I'm not sure how to feel about all of this because I don't want to endanger my marriage, but I also don't want to fully let go of the idea of having a second baby someday. So now what? Thanks a ton. Irina in 1,100 square feet in Florida with a husband, five-month-old baby boy, energetic seven-year-old border collie, and queen of the household, Kitty. And she has a PS. Are you still sponsored by Pretty Litter and have a code? We're considering using it and want to give you a shout-out if I can. In fact, we are. And we do. It's prettylitter.com promo code adventure for 20% off your first order. Oh, good. You found it. Yes. I I put it in the, the show. Nice. Thank you. Um... And they are actually, well, depending on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this the week it comes out, they are sponsored this week. Coincidentally. Wow. Yeah. Look at that, Pretty Litter. Um, all right. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, <laughs> my answer is kind of, I don't know. <laughs> like, I... I wonder if you should, first of all, I think the first thing that you should probably do is like put your mom's pressure aside and maybe actually talk to her about it. Like say, mom, like I I need you to stop bringing this up. Like it's not something we're thinking about right now. And I I need you to stop. And it it is upsetting to me when you bring it up, whatever you have to say to get her to stop. But she is thinking about it. Okay. But she, her mom needs to stop. Like that's annoying. This sounds like you're just putting something on. You're. I'm. Look, that seemed like 
No, that was my first step in a in a in a Keep program. Going. Keep going. I think that you don't need to to make this decision right now. I think your baby is six months old. See how the next six to twelve months go, and then you can kind of reevaluate. What's your advice? Yes. Okay. Great. Thanks. <laughs> no, I mean I agree. It's like I. If there was no, if nothing came along with a baby, like if you just all of a sudden you could just go, yes, please, and a stork would drop off an infant to you. That is how it works. Right. Then I would say, yes, have a second child immediately. Mm. Well, I would have, I'd take one. Mm -hmm. But that's not how it works. Yeah. So there's a lot more that goes into this decision. And it has ripple effects for you, the rest of your life. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's not something that should be taken lightly. And it's not something you should, it's not a decision. I I don't think it's a decision people should be making so close to yes. the birth of their uh, first child. Um, you know, because they're in their cute face. It's like, yeah, I'd love another puppy. <laughs> But, you know, it's a bad analogy because puppies are only around for like four months and then they're like yeah. dogs. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is you don't need to decide right now, nor should you decide right now. Thank you. Um, and in terms of keeping the baby stuff, I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff. Um, I, that, that, I did have a thought about that also. Okay. If you're if you have nowhere to put the stuff, get rid of it. You know, I get it; it's a great bassinet, but it did what it was supposed to do. You used it for when you needed to use it, and your brother's gift was uh, well received and 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 loved. The end. And if you decide to have another kid, you're out another bassinet. Well, the other whatever. thing that I will say is. Now that I have a kid, I, I feel like I'm now part of this like mom economy where like I give away a ton of stuff and I also get a ton of free stuff. And if I did give stuff away that could be used for a second kid, I have no res like I, I have full faith that I would be able to get a lot of the same stuff for free from other moms who are giving it away. Whereas, and I didn't have that community to like tap into before Henry was born. Right. So just, just a thought now with clothes, I've given most of the things away. I have saved a few of my like favorite outfits of Henry's and maybe I will part with them at some point, but it's like a very, very small percentage of his clothes, like a few onesies. All right. Um, we got, our last email is from Jonathan mm -hmm. and he says, I used to ride my bike three to five times a week before we started fertility treatments. One of the first questions to our RE by my wife was the concern on my sperm. While my count was never amazing, it wasn't awful. Our RE is an avid cyclist himself and repeatedly told us that it was fine and I shouldn't stop riding just because we were doing IUIs and IVFs. Ultimately, we had twins and I rode throughout each round. That being said, if I did have male factor infertility, I'm sure my wife would have made me stop just to change any variable worth changing. But to the general male going through this, I don't think it's an absolute necessity to stop. Look at all the professional cyclists with babies who ride six hours a day, seven days a week. Good luck on baby number two. Thank you. 
Um, food for thought. Yeah. Thought for food. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. This was a thought-provoking episode. Thought-provoking. I mean, every thought has been provoked. Yeah. You know, there's no way way back. We're never going to be normal again, guys. Um, Wow. Anyway. That about does it on this side of things. We, if you would like to uh, support the show, you can do so on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure and become a supporter of the show. A certified egghead, if you will. Um, and uh, you get up to two bonus episodes a month. Uh, if you're at the $5 level or above, you get your name read on the podcast each month as our way of saying thank you verbally by actually saying thank you. So, this month, who we got, Dory? Sky Miner, mm-hmm. LHN, Katie Allen, mm-hmm. Christine Kelly, Freya. I, 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 uh, I think I can catch up. Okay, Anonymous in Brooklyn. Mary Myra. Mom. Crescent Martin. Elizabeth Kamani. Uh, Marana. I'm sorry, Marina Breeze. Nicola Hill. Laura. Bradley Johnson. Jenny Fick. Lynn Nugent. Claire Dealey. Joanna Reinwald. Kelly Hendrickson. Uh, Satish. That's a Kaylee Hendrickson. Yeah. Good God. Satish Pillow Lamari. Uh, Michelle Chudzinski. Holly Purpura. Karen Perelman. Sir Reginald Pennybottom. Maria Bishop. Eliza. Wendy, Wendy Fick. Nancy Olson. Christina. Rob Bain. Gita Drury. Mara Fass. Amanda Schram. Olga Zilstra. Rebecca Dowson. Katie Combs Pritchard. Mary Messick. Kristen Anderson. Lauren Schultz. Carrie L. Jane Ennis. Tiffany Stevens. Nicholas Gidmore. Laura Bennett. Jennifer T. Brennan. Deanna McLean. Melanie Bronbeck. Samantha. Brian Gusky. Sarah Lauer. Shauna Mandel. Narantha Balagopal. Jordan Hamesley. And Danielle Nusaforo. Thank you all so much. We will be back next week with Boy Oh Boy. Let's see how that first week went, everybody. <sighs> bye. All right, bye.